This is the More to the Story podcast with Dr. Andy Miller. We hope you guys enjoyed today's conversation. Well, here we are on the 52nd episode of the More to the Story podcast, and I have several things in store for you. Now, you just heard my kickoff music, which has been playing for 52 episodes, and that's the last time you'll hear it because we have a new graphic and a new soundtrack, a new intro for all of the podcasts coming forward. And that is coming to you from Phil Legger. You can find links to him. And of course, he's coming up later in the podcast. So you'll want to check that out. Also, I have several friends who've reached out to me and have recorded short little testimonials of what they've thought of the podcast and what it's meant to them. And if you have something you'd like to say, I'd like to include those in upcoming podcasts. So you can just find me online and go to andymillerthe3rd.com. I would love to include. If you find one that's particularly helpful, even if you have a subtle critique, I'd take that. But if there's a particular episode that's been interesting to you that you found helpful, I'd love to share that. Thanks so much for being a part of this community. And I'm, I'm thankful that God has brought you, my listeners, into my life. And I look forward to sharing this anniversary episode with you. All right, here's the new music. Check it out from Phil Lager. Dr. Miller, I'm very, very proud of you. Even though we haven't met, I'm very pleased to say that I've become a raving fan of your work. And I look forward to seeing great things coming from you in the future. Let me say that from the promise for the Mortal Story podcast in the very first episode, I will say to you, my brother, that you have not disappointed. I've been there with you most of the way, <laughs> obviously an older perspective than yours, but I think that you're off to a great start. What I heard you say from the very first episode is that we could expect from this podcast an Orthodox Wesleyan worldview that celebrates and raises to significance the idea of the holy life. I'm there with you. I loved when you said holiness or love eliminating sin. That we can also expect interviews and basic theological reflection addressing current issues. Also critical thinking. That's one of my big agendas. Critical thinking about the governance model of the Salvation Army, Army history, holiness history, and church history. And that we could also expect an emphasis on the significance of lifelong learning, emphasizing the importance of Christian education, getting the brightest minds to encourage us, and using the things that they're saying for the life of the church and our own lives. Let me say I've been impressed with the caliber of the guests that you've brought on. I've also been impressed with your own commentaries, your own thinking, I'm impressed with your knowledge and your eagerness for the Salvation Army. I appreciate the reflections addressing current issues, but certainly the Orthodox Wesleyan worldview is a large part of why I'm here. Committed to that worldview, I'm glad you are. I'm glad I am. And I look forward to hearing more from you and more to the story. So what can I say in conclusion? Very proud of you. Wish you all the best in your endeavors, academic as well as podcasting. God bless you, my friend. Hey, Andy, Matt Kane here, hailing all the way from BC, Canada. Um, I just wanted to say congratulations on the Milestone podcast, 52 episodes, I think. Keep it up, man. It's good stuff. Um, congratulations. Keep, stick to the word of God as you do. Uh, everything you're producing is encouraging content. It's doctrinally sound. Um, I remember that episode you did with Chick Yule, though. I think you could have picked them apart a bit more. I think you went too easy on them. Anyway, maybe next time. God bless you, buddy. Take care. Hi, Andy. Just wanting to say congratulations on a year of an incredible uh, podcast. Uh, more to the story has been uh, such an inspiration. It has created some great discussion around important issues of our day. I really appreciate you bringing on people like uh, Matt O'Reilly and Kevin Watson and others who are really helping me see the connection between the Salvation Army and 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 our connection with our our broader Wesleyan community. Um, you'd be doing a great service uh, to helping broadening my horizons, and I really appreciate you and wish you all the best in this next year. Well, welcome to the one-year anniversary episode of the More to Story podcast. Thank you for being a part of this community. If you've checked this out, I just want to take some time on this podcast to highlight some of the highlights from this past year. We've had a lot of fun with this and I've enjoyed 
like the interviews I've done, the issues I've responded to. And today on the podcast, I have a special guest coming along and a little shorter interview. And it's more of just a conversation with me and Phil Legger. You might remember those of you who are longtime fans, first time callers, longtime fans um, of Phil Legger was the very first guest. And I think our audiences are very similar. Not, and some of you don't know him at all. And so I'm glad to introduce you to him, particularly my the audience folks who've come along. You know, interesting enough, I, I was looking at the stats preparing for this little bit of conversation here that added more 400 subscribers. And I think people who get it just in this past year, people who get onto this podcast, they're like, it's like become a community that I've loved. And I've heard from many of you and you've signed up for my email list. And I appreciate that. And there's a, there's a lot of things coming. I w- want to just talk through a few of the things that have been ex- enjoyable to me this year and maybe tell you some of the behind the scenes of some of those things. Um, but as we work through this, Phil, Phil comes on and I give a few more announcements on there of things that are coming up. You might notice, and something I didn't say on my interview with Phil, is that he's agreed to write a song for the opening and closing of this podcast. Isn't that cool? So uh, I'll have my own song now. I'll admit my wife is a fan of the Annie F. Downs podcast, and she's like, you know, podcast superstar. So I and, I, and I listen to it occasionally too, and she had somebody write a song for her, and that was my idea. I like my music. I want to thank Brendan Moore. He was the person who helped me kind of put some of the podcast pieces together a year ago. And at the same time, his wife, Sarah, is helping me even now put some things together. She's done my graphics since January. And Ashley, Ramsey, a- Ashley Klemanski. Oh, I forget her married name now. Forgive me, Ashley. It's coming off the top of my head. Uh, she was the one who designed the original graphic and she helped me for the first several months making that happen and advised me on doing this. And it's her voice that's at the very beginning of this first year of po- podcast where she says, we hope you guys enjoy this conversation. So that's Ashley, formerly Ashley Ramsey, who worked at the Salvation Army in Tampa. So we're so thankful for various people who come along. Okay, I want to tell you a few things. So you might be able to figure this, people, if you go and you look on my YouTube channel, you can probably figure this out, but there's more information about my top podcasts. So my, um, some of my top podcasts were number five was my interview with oh, my, my debate with conversation with Chick Yule, where it was titled like progressive and conservative salvationists, like in the way that we engage and think about our articles of faith and how that impacts our daily life. So that was number five. Number four was my response to his talk at the included conference. Number three was, oh, I might've missed, mixed one up here. I didn't, I didn't actually get it pulled up. I don't want to look at my screen right now. So uh, my interview with Matt Roden, who was a pastor of a large church in the Tampa area and now is in the Santa Barbara area. And it was him comparing mega church and kind of small church world. And that, that was a great interview. Then I had um, my number three was the, the conversation I had with Matt Ayers talking about mixed messages in the Salvation Army and other denominations on human sexuality. And some of that has come to light even more so in the last week, which I have a growing podcast from last week with Steve Bussey. It's not quite in the, the top category yet, but it's, it's probably headed there because we are addressing some of the challenging issues in our denomination and with an eye towards all of you who are not in the Salvation Army too, who are dealing with similar issues. Then I had my podcast where I worked through some of the challenges that came around the Christmas season with some of the information that came out in a document called Let's Talk About Racism. And I was just addressing some of that. And um, I, the, the kind of catchy title was, Has the Salvation Army Gone Woke? And we were just working through kind of some of the challenges in the communication in that period. Then um, number one, interestingly enough, was my interview with Keith Boyette, who is the leader of the Global Methodist Church right now. Now, I might have his title wrong, but that podcast is, maybe it has to do with the way I named it, which is at United Methodism, comma, what's going on? Question mark. That was it. And for whatever reason, YouTube has smiled upon that video. And I think it's right at 6,000 on YouTube. Um, But my audio podcast, like people don't get to see those numbers as well. So altogether, that one is still my number one. But there's several of the audio podcasts that have gone um, interesting. Like some, so here's an interesting one. Even though my interview with Kevin Brown, the president of Asbury University, the YouTube video has not gone very far there for whatever reason. 
even though very fine looking person, <laughs> uh, nothing to do with how we look or maybe how I look than that. But the audio version of Kevin's interview is pretty high. It might not be the highest, but it's pretty close to it. Um, the same thing is true with a few other podcasts where the audio version, maybe it has to do with one person who shared it here or there. So I think that's interesting. I think one thing I want to give like two examples of key moments in my podcast this year that have been helpful for me. One was the unexpected appreciation people had for being introduced to Katie Faust and the organization Them Before Us. And I say Katie Faust brought the straight fire on that podcast and the way she was able to frame what's typically identified as human, uh, like um, family values issues, abortion, same-sex marriage, and the like, within the context of children and the rights of children. Fascinating. And I have, I've had a lot of people reach out to me consistently for months to talk about how meaningful that podcast was for them. And that one is in my top 10, but, it's, um, but is it, that one is really good. And then I'll say my, my top moment was uh, with Oz Guinness. I was so honored to have him on. I was pretty nervous. Some of you guys can probably tell if you listen for a while um, that I'm trying to stay, up, stay in the right position here for the camera um, when I get nervous. And that was definitely one of those times where I was wanting to ask the right questions. And, uh, but I asked him the question that I get a lot. Well, can't just faithful Christians disagree? I mean, can't we just disagree about human sexuality or the authority of scripture and the like? And he very quickly turned back and I was like pretty stunned. I think I talked quickly, but I, I was still stunned. I was trying to come up with something to say, he said, faithful to whom? I'm not sure if he said whom or faithful to who, but faithful to whom? And man, that moment, oh my goodness, that really caught me off guard. And in the sense of like, that's the question. And he said, are we faithful to the Lord and to scripture? So that's the question of, of what we're faithful to. Like, what, what does it mean to be a faithful Christian? And ultimately, like, I think that that's what I'm trying to do. I want to encourage people in their discipleship, you know, their own personal Bible reading and, and devotional time and their own spiritual formation, but and encourage people to go, go deeper theologically and in their study of scripture. That's why the study I'm going to talk about in my interview here with Phil um, of Jude is so important. Like, I think... This is a little book of 25 verses. It's probably one page in your Bible that a lot of people forget about. And I just want to encourage you to check it out, like to go a little deeper in Jude. And that's some of the things I'm trying to offer here in the future. So I have some other things com coming on. If it, I don't say this very often. I can't take too many opportunities, but I would love to, um, if you're, you're looking for somebody to speak at something or share via video, I'm available to do that. The podcast has been an avenue to that. Um, Jake Turner, um, uh, Mike and Cindy Dickinson, um, like they're, they're people I didn't know. And they've become my friends here in the last couple of months. And they've had me come out to speak at various events. I'm headed out to the Eastern Territory to do some things um, later this later this summer. Um, there's been some other opportunities too that have come up. So these are, these are just ways that the God's used the podcast in my life. I didn't expect this. I didn't expect to use this way, but I'm thankful for the opportunity I have to serve you, this audience and to do more of this in the future. And also it's offering some resources to church leaders. For instance, like my thing, I know if you've heard me regularly, my free resource is an eight page document with a 45 minute teaching that's available for people. It's five steps to deeper teaching and preaching. And you can find that at andymillerthird.com. And like on that site, like I'll send that to folks. And I even had somebody contact me. If some of you are interested in this, let me know. And maybe I can figure out a way that I can put something together or we can offer a retreat. Um, there's a, somebody's asking as a result of seeing that video, Dan Fondez, who I appreciate, old friend of mine, um, who I haven't talked to in a long time, uh, about offering like a preaching conference. I've, I'm a totally game for that. I just to figure out how to make it happen, when, logistics, that kind of thing. But if I can, if I can help with that type of thing, let me know. Um, so the, the, thus endeth all the commercials. Uh, you're going to hear from a few of my friends who have reached out to me with some encouraging words and they share some things that they've enjoyed about the podcast and my interview with Phil, um, and looking forward to having his, his piece kind of come along at some point here and say, Oh, I didn't thank one very important person. I need to thank, uh, five important people, but Sarah Moore is coming along and Oh, I did thank her. She's helping with my graphics and she's doing a great job helping us from the details of the podcast. And I need to thank Jeff Bacus who puts together the video content and he helps me get the audio together. He is, um, 
he's our registrar here at Wesley Biblical Seminary. So my thanks to him. And I should be thinking, of course, my family who have been my chief encouragers of the podcast and former guests. So my wife, Abby, who will be celebrating our 20th anniversary here in, a, in two days. And then Andy, Titus in Georgia, thank you so much for encouraging me in this and being a part of the more to the story team. As the kids say, Moto Stopo, Moto Stopo. That's what they, they kind of call the podcast sometimes. I don't, it hasn't really caught that much. All right, here's an here's a interview with Phil Lager and some words from some friends of mine. God bless you all. Thanks for being a part of the more to the story podcast. Well, hi, this is the rest of the Miller family. I'm Abby. I'm Georgia. I'm Titus. And I'm Andy. And this is Bolt. This little guy up here is Leppy. And we just want to say congratulations to the More to the Story podcast for completing one whole year. And um, we have been praying for this podcast. I feel like we've been on the prayer support team and a few moments where we're like, what's going to happen? How is this going to work out? But uh, we keep asking God to use it and direct it. And we're proud of Andy, right? Yes. Proud of y'all's dad for doing this. Not as in just Andy, this is the fourth. Yeah, there's a few Andys in our house. Hey, my name is Joe Brookshaw. I'm from Perth, Australia, and I wanted to say to Andy Miller, thank you for your More to the Story podcast. I want to thank you for the way that you dive deep into complex theological issues. I thank you for the guests that you bring onto your program, the way that you um, carefully and with compassion seek to find out what their perspective is on the issues that you're presenting. I want to thank you for the way that you dive deep into the Bible and that you uh, present from your Salvation Army background what it is that is important theologically to Christians. And so I want to say thank you today for the way that you present this podcast. It has been so helpful to me when I'm looking into um, some of the deeper issues of our faith and the, the challenges of our world. And I found it so helpful to me to be able to refer back to, to podcasts that you have done and find some support and some answers potentially to the, the issues that I'm looking into. So thank you and God bless you. And I wish you many, many more podcasts to come and many more issues that are dealt with biblically and with a pastoral heart. So thank you, Andy. God bless you, mate. Hey, I am Captain Amber Mayo. Uh, I am a Salvation Army officer currently serving in Vera Beach, Florida, headed to Memphis, Tennessee to be a Salvation Army Adult Rehabilitation Center Administrator. Uh, I've appreciated the way that he challenges our denomination in a godly and loving way and um, encourages his listeners to think um, critically about things. My favorite episode to date is Andy's podcast with uh, Steve just recently um, talking about um, theological faithfulness, doctrinal faithfulness. Congratulations, Andy, on one year um, with the More to the Story podcast. And I look forward to many, many more episodes um, of your podcast. It's been a blessing to me. And I would just like to say um, that it's been a blessing to many young Salvationists who are um, trying to flesh out these ideas and, and figure out where they stand. And congratulations. Keep it up. And uh, we'll keep listening. Thanks. Well, here we are on the anniversary episode of the More to the Story podcast. And when this thing started a year ago, the same guy was on this show with me. So, Phil, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Thank you for having me back. Uh, it took you a whole year, but I'm not, it's, it's okay. <laughs> I'm not, not offended. It's fine. Congratulations, I, don't, I don't know if I have many people on twice. So, <laughs> okay. A, okay. A couple. Right, a couple. Right. Okay. All right. But you're, that softens you, the blow just, that softens the blow just a little bit. That's good. You're guaranteed a yearly interview from me. I promise. C Congratulations, man. Listen, this is you. You have done so many different topics over the past year. Um, and most of them, I agree with you about your conclusions on them. So I I'm going to keep listening. Okay, good. Most of them. I know. I know we have a little <laughs> trouble with the Enneagram. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's not me. It's I, I interviewed somebody there. I, I, I'm probably lean toward Chris Berg's sure. view, but sure. I don't judge anybody because you call yourself a number. Sure, sure. Or, we're all more than a number. That That's definitely for, for sure. Wherever right. you stand on the Enneagram, we're more than just a number. Amen. But it's been fun. It was a fun thing to be able to 
put those out. And I appreciate you, your little notes of encouragement along the way. Um, it's been nice to have that. And, you know, la- last year we were, we were both in different places. I was right. in Tampa. I was still serving as a Salvation Army officer. You were, I think, coming from like trying to find a quiet place at camp in Camp Tecumseh in New Jersey, right? That's right. Yeah, we moved and, and we, we were there up until November of last year. And then we moved <clears throat> from, uh, you know, the Northeast back to where I'm originally from, the South. Uh, okay. And we moved to Mount, Mount Juliet, Tennessee, which is just a little bit outside of Nashville. Uh, and so what's going uh, yeah. on there? I'm sure a lot of my folks like, you know, are interested. Like, I think, you know how this goes. Several of us are such big fans of yours, Phil, that we oh. just think like there's no reason you shouldn't be winning a Grammy or any number of things like we just think now you're in nashville everybody will discover you i hope please i mean what what's this what's going on like tell me what's more to the story of why you, phil and his family have gone you're to very you're very encouraging thank you for that um uh, i would i would i'd take a grammy if somebody wants to give me a grammy that's, that's fine <laughs> i don't think that anything i've released yet is worthy of grammy status but um i i kind of moved here hoping to get connected with more songwriters and not necessarily performing although i, I do perform as well but I love okay. to write, you know, that's my heart is writing. Uh, I, I just love writing. And, you know, if uh, Tim McGraw or uh, some other big country artist wants to write one of my songs, that, that'd be amazing. But mm. I, I moved here with Sarah, you know, uh, for many reasons. We'd always thought about Nashville for some of the things you just talked about. It's a yeah, great music city. Uh, but uh my wife's always wanted to branch out. Last year, she started her YouTube business. Right. She's flipping furniture. She does custom furniture and has and very a successfully, channel. right? I mean, she's, she's got she's, a huge She's YouTube. getting up there. She's on her, yeah, she's on her way to 10,000 subscribers. So wow. um, go check her out. It's 445 Designs is her YouTube channel if you want to check it out. Yes. Uh, and we deliver furniture too. So if you find a piece and you want it delivered, you just, you just let me know. Okay. I'll, I'll drive it to your front door. So you're the delivery, um, but yeah, she's, she's, she's doing that. And, uh, I'm, I'm writing, I'm, um, I'm producing an album for a friend. Um, what else am I doing? Uh, uh, yeah, you know how, you know, how it goes with freelance musicians. We just do a bit of this and a bit of that. Um, I'll be on the road this summer, uh, doing some backyard. Uh, we talked before we started doing some backyard worship nights. Okay. Um, like just it, like my backyard, if if I was yeah. able to afford to bring you I'm, in, you'd come in my backyard and absolutely. And you could you could definitely afford me. Oh, uh, I can't. Okay. I, I haven't won any. I haven't won any Grammys yet, so uh, it, it, you could definitely afford me. No, I, I just I just had this thought, and I mentioned it to Sarah. And she said, "Yeah, it's a great idea. Why don't you put it on Facebook and see what people think?" And um, I just love the thought of of worshiping with people in their backyard, whether it's uh, you know a, a whole church community or or just friends neighborhood. Yeah. Um, something about, you know, I've, I've done performances and those are fine, but there's just something about gathering communally and, and just, and, and, you know, kicking off your shoes, let, you know, I think it it erases some of those barriers between stage and and audience, you know, and you can sort of gather and, 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 and be free and, you know, Holy, Holy Spirit can do a lot with those times i think uh you know where it's where it's just those informal real real life you know sometimes in church you know this as a pastor yeah. you can get there there can be that separation you know between what goes on stage and what goes on in the audience and the congregation no, sorry not audience con- congregation yeah. uh but with a backyard thing you just have a chance to you know worship together and be real informal and people let their guard down more and I think that's where some magic can happen. So I'm, I'm hoping for that this summer. I've got a, a few people in New York area and uh, Midwest and out West. And if, if any of your listeners are interested in reaching out to me and yeah, I'd be I love happy it. to entertain that too. I love the, you know, Ren Collective had an album like a, a like a fireside album or something where they recorded out around a fire. And I yeah. just the image of that was appealing to me of, of people being around in community sharing something about being in a, in a circle together. I, I, I have somebody yeah. come on a podcast later this summer. He's invented, he's a founder of a board game company and okay. uh, it's key master games. In- interesting. And it, Kyle keys his name. And he finally got to a place of like what he was trying to do 
was the goal of the game is to get people around a table. Like that's what he, okay. that's his, that's his mission to get people around a table. And he uses yeah, wow. to make that happen. And so the, that. it's interesting. I don't mean to spoil it too much, but it took me a while to get to them. But the mission was after we heard this really interesting story, but mm. um, like for you to be in this place where you're going to get people uh, maybe around a campfire, but in a backyard, you're trying to break down some barriers. Cause there's something, like you said, magic can happen. Like I think God, the Holy spirit is at work uniquely mm. when the community comes together, like in it, maybe an informal space like that. Yeah, I think so. You know, I, <clears throat> as somebody who doesn't have a normal job, it, you know, as I don't go to a desk and sit uh, at a desk, it's taken me, I don't think a lot of creatives are like this. It takes you a while to figure out what your purpose is, uh, to hone in, especially if you're, if you're a freelancing artist like myself, to, to really just, um, re, you know, I don't clock in. I'm really asking, okay, uh, what do I do? How do I contribute to the world in a me in a meaningful way with the gifts I have? And, you know, worship mm. is uh, it's it's what the Lord has made me to do: worship and and getting specifically getting other people to worship. And you know, my 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 we've talked about this before, but my goal as a congregational worship leader is always so that I can be able to step back away from the mic. And I think um, I, I, you know, to hear the people praise God that that's my goal. And wow. what better way to do that than in a backyard, you know, and um, I, I'm excited. I really am excited about the, the, just, I can, you know, can hear people worshiping already in my head. So um, awesome. yeah, I'm excited about that. What about you, man? You, you, you've done quite a bit as well uh, since, since you first started this podcast. Yeah. It's been an interesting journey. Like I, what, people may have heard me say a few times that I had this, podcast called captain's corner and when abby and i announced that we were leaving officership several people reached out to me about a dozen that just said hey keep that going keep that going so, so i started to feel out like would there be an interest would people really want me to keep doing this and so i did and you were my first interview and at that point i met with a guy named graham cochran and i encourage people to look him up he was somebody and you, you might have even heard it. i don't know like he uh, has an audio engineering background and he went to do a church plant in Tampa. And he, his daughter and my daughter were friends. We went to a birthday party together. Um, and I don't know if you've been in those kind of awkward situations where you're after a birthday party, you're just sharing with somebody with your kids playing. And I asked him what he did. And he's like, I'm a YouTuber, just like, you know, Sarah, it's like interesting. So I'm like, okay, this first time I've ever had that happen, but it turns out like, yeah. so he came to uh, plant a church and he was, I think like on food stamps and like had a part-time job. And he made a couple of videos for his um for some friends on how to do some things with church audio yeah and then he made some recording. Parker, yeah, yeah oh you've heard of him yeah yeah marty marty our, our mutual friend marty michaels uh put him on to me he's a big big fan yeah oh yeah uh, audio revolution or something yep so anyways he's a i don't know anything about what he does with audio stuff but he's um he now has a new york times best-selling book on um on how to get paid for what you know. And so I met with him and he developed this audience. He wasn't even, I don't think even trying at first. He was just, and people liked what he was sharing and he was just sharing what was like real basic for him. And then he just developed it more and more. So I met with him and I kind of, I was a little embarrassed about my podcast. I was like, yeah, I'm keeping going. At the time, my biggest podcast was with Israel Gaither and it was like 800 downloads. And I said that kind of sheepishly. And he's like, man, that's good. And he said, what do you hmm. average? And I forget what. Uh, and so he, he just kind of asked me a few things real quick. And he's like, yo, you've got audience. You've got a real hmm. audience. I'm like, hmm. And I think the, the kind of um, subscriber rate that I thought I had was something like at that time, 70, maybe, maybe like, and sometimes it would drop to 50. And they, they can't tell that if you, ever, if you ever do a podcast, like they don't really know how many people hmm. are subscribed. So as I was describing what I was doing, he's like, well, let's get together. So I bought him lunch. He didn't need me to buy him lunch because I've learned he makes over a million dollars a year on his YouTube videos, <laughs> various things. But and I bought him lunch so I could talk to him. And so he gave me a couple of quick tips. I signed up for one of his classes. And, um, and I just realized that here, here's what, like with the podcast, like I knew I was, I, I love theological education. Like I love what I'm doing, teaching, preaching, theology, leading the faculty, all that sort of stuff, designing a curriculum. This is, I mean, a great place for me there. And I love preaching, but I love my audience. Like hmm. I love these group, a group of people, not everybody's in my audience. 
and I'm not like kicking anybody out, but I've realized there's a group of people who like the way that I interact with people. They like some of the things yeah. I have to say. Um, yeah. and I'm, I'm pretty bold, willing to get out and ask people who I'm intimidated by to come on my podcast and willing to debate some things. And mm. I honestly, like this year has been a unique thing for me because I've had the opportunity to serve this group of people who I love. And so I think that's, what's kind of fun. Um, for me is like, I get, I get every week, I get thank you notes from people all mm. over the world. Um, yeah, cool. particularly in our denomination, which we both love. And, um, you know, there's some challenges theologically. And so as people are working through that, they yeah. appreciate me coming at this from a orthodox evangelical Wesleyan tradition. And I know there's a yeah. lot of words. No, no, no. I mean, I, I would, I, I would agree. I, I love being part of your audience. And I think that the things that you talk about, um, people are talking about anyway, you know, and uh, I, one thing I appreciated about what I know you recently had a conversation with Steve Bussey right. about, um, I mean, you guys covered a bunch of, a bunch of things, but you talked about how a small, a small group of people can really influence the, the, the you know, uh, the conversation, the, the discourse that happens and can really influence a whole, a whole organization, denomination even. So, I mean, I think it's important that, that you have, um, the ability to, to speak, you know, which like Orthodox Wesleyan evangelical perspective on, on these things. I mean, that, that's important because there are definitely other voices out there that are, that are not, <laughs> not yeah, sure. speaking those things. So, yeah. 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 It's interesting. Yeah. Like even today I got, I mean, there's, there's people who are discouraged by what they see happening in certain places. And maybe it's just like, I, I still affirm that the kind of the core center of what makes up most evangelical denominations. And I think of those particularly in the holiness tradition, like Nazarene, Wesleyan, like in the Salvation Army, like a very kind of this pure model that's connected to whatever their statement of faith is. But I had somebody write me today, like there's, there's folks, I mean, th th this is, a, I'm not going to identify who it was, but in another country, <laughs> I won't even say what country, um, they're, like people are using the rainbow flag in exchange of the Salvation Army flag and enrolling people as members of you know our denomination under that flag, right? Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe you know about some of that stuff. Too. And it's just like, oh my goodness! Like now, look, I, 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 we want to have as loving as a posture as we can. And Phil, you do a great job with that. Like I want to make sure people know I'm in, in for a conversation. I'm into working through our hurts, habits, and hangups, and all those type of things. But uh, yeah. at the same time, like we have a foundation for that. And, yeah. and for me, that starts sure. with the first article of faith. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. And I think, I think the key, and I think you, you do this really well, uh, Andy, is, is, is humility, right? I mean, people want us to be, I mean, people on any issue that you think about want us to be rigid. They want us to be, you know, which, which side are you on? You know, you tell me which side and these are the, you know, and I think, you know, it's not the way I see Jesus going about his, his life. You know, he, he, he is the truth. <laughs> and yet when he's talking with people that he disagrees with, you know, he's just walking humbly, you know, and, and I think you do a good job of, of humbly asking the questions and, and humbly saying, this is what I believe, you know, and this is what the Lord has revealed to all of us through scripture. And this is where I stand on it. I, I, don't agree with you. I love you, but this is where I, I stand. Mm. Um, man, I'm going to yeah. take a little, I'm going to record that and I'm going to make a separate <laughs> YouTube video just for that. So when people send me the, and I got a few of them this past weekend, I'll, I'll send them that Phil Leger mm. says, blank, blank. <laughs> I appreciate I, it. I don't know that people will know who Phil Leger is or care what he says, but sure. Use it however you want to. <laughs> so what, what, what's happening? Like you have a, a few things happening in, uh, with all the freelance sort of stuff you're doing, I want actually before I get to that, I want to hear like maybe long term kind of things that you're doing. But you, Steve and I talked about something last week that was interesting. Yeah. We had this situation where the Salvation Army in the UK is possibly, you know, encouraging people to move away from language that might be offensive. And I'm all about like making sure that we're clear on the front. Like sure. we marketing helps us get in with folks. Yeah. But there was this um, challenge with saying, well. The words blood and fire don't really connect anymore. And Steve had an interesting point. He's like, uh, the words blood and fire never connected. <laughs> and, and then it's just uh, not in Rome, 
not uh, in the Reformation, not in the yeah. 19th century with William and Catherine Booth. And you and I fell on something last last year in the very first episode where we looked at your song, I Surrender My Life to Your Blood. And yeah. there's something to that, to that language that's so important. And I just don't think we should give it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, listen, I just, first of all, I, if you're watching this, go back and listen, and you haven't watched that, you guys, because I think that you guys really, you tackled why it's important, you know, to have this conversation and why it's important to be true to our Lord, to the word. Um, I, I, the, the term blood and the terms is blood and fire. I was just, I mentioned to the, this to you before we hopped on the term blood and fire. You know, I was reading in John six today uh, about, about Jesus and how um, he <laughs> talked about know, something that doesn't fit in with culture. He said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part in me. And he was talking to his disciples, his yeah. larger group of people who were following him, you know, so it was out in, out in the open. He's not telling a secret message to anybody coded inside insider language. He's like saying, unless you eat my flesh and you drink my blood, you have no part in me. Now, I, I, I agree, actually, and, and, I, and I said this to several people, I agree with the need to reevaluate what we say to people to make sure it's coming across. You right. know? But, um, you know... Maybe part of that conversation is just talking about our, our motivations, you know, and having honest conversations in community about what, what's our motivations for doing. Do we just want to soften it? It's, you know, so we don't lose our donors or uh, mm. that sounds, mm -hmm. that, that even sounds harsh coming. I don't mean that. I'm just saying, what's, what's the motivation for it? And maybe that's going to only... win people to, I mean, if, if that's the goal, I'm willing to go there for a little bit. Sure. The same thing is true with the, you know, one of the challenges you talked about the orange curriculum, but some people sent me some resources and I looked at them and, there's not a mention, there might be a, a vague uh, mention of brokenness, um, but not sin, hmm. not hell, not heaven. And it's, look, <coughs> I'm willing yeah. to, to talk through that. Like I teach, I, I teach eschatology here. Like I'm glad yeah. to talk through options that people have dealt with across the years, philosophically, biblically about the afterlife. Like I'm glad to have that conversation, but we have a starting point and I'm, I'm okay to not like, call people sinners but at some point we need to talk about sin and not just brokenness yeah, sure absolutely i 100 I, it's interesting uh, um to, to, there's another miller another dr miller uh, uh -oh. who's written uh, you know and i'm I, we, we've talked about this yeah he uh, he's written in the case of nobody in case people don't know who i'm talking about your brother yes. uh, nathan uh has is uh and he's i don't i don't know what his position is at, at asbury he's the uh he is some director of orchestra and music you should know this you're his, you're, you're his you're his ah, brother and he's professor know. assistant uh, associate professor how about that well he's his i'm reading his dissertation because i have a huge right. interest in music and the salvation army but it also deals with some other stuff about um uh, how like even from the very beginning you know we've had this dual what are we you know we have this messaging to the public and then we have the messaging to our people and your brother talks about the way that that was sort of intentional to let people take what they would from, you know, yeah. and, and I, and I'm, I'm reading his dissertation and I write in the sidelines, I, I highlight it and I write, is this duplicitous? Is this, is this duplicitous messaging? What, what does it mean to have different, different messages for different audiences? I guess in some ways you could look at Paul and say, he's in the Areopagus, the apostle Paul is yeah. in the Areopagus. He sees a, sees a thing to an unknown God. He says, Hey, I see you're very religious. And he contextualizes that, you know, he preaches, you know, I'm yeah, preaching yeah, yeah, to yeah. the choir here, but then, you know, um, but then he eventually gets to Jesus Christ being crucified and resurrected from the dead. And, the, you know, so he has a point where he's going and he's, he's leading people. He's not completely abandoning the message, right? He's right, contextualizing. Right, right. So, so I guess maybe, maybe that's part of the conversation is, where is it going? You know, do we say we're doing this because we want to introduce people to Jesus and yes. get them to you know, talk about their sin and realize their need for a savior? <laughs> or, yeah. or are we just doing this to, you know, are we moving away from you guys probably covered all of that in your in, in, in your in your talks? So, yeah, we have. A, well, in actually, if people are interested in what my brother is saying. I do have a podcast interview with him about his dissertation. If you yeah. go to my website on the um, uh, media tab. You can find a link to, but it was when it was Captain's Corner. It was when he had just finished it. And you'll see, our, it's hard to distinguish us. Some people can't distinguish our voices. And that's kind of fun every now and then. So, yeah. But anyways, yeah, he talks through some of those, those points in nationalism too. And even the point I brought up about people using the gay 
gay pride flag, the rainbow flag. I mean, that's the same type of thing, like connected to like his idea of nationalism, like what it means that the, the Salvation yeah. Army and other denominations might get closest to is a nation in itself. Now, there is, that, that gets to some challenges, too, because of the way nationalism tends to be a tool within our um, within the academy that is yeah. you know not favorable uh right it's not nathan's approach yeah. but anyhow yeah no that's yeah. another story that's so good okay so yeah. uh phil we i don't know what what's your um here's a random question like if if you had to get on a stage if we got if i got if you got invited somewhere to grand Ole opry tonight and they said we need you get four minutes do one of your pieces what is it oh, what are you man. gonna do well, I'll talk about contextualization. I'm on the Grand Ole Opry. I'll, I'll, it used to be much more, you know, solely a country venue. Now, all different kinds of artists pass through there. But, you know, I, I've written a few songs that could be, uh, I wrote a song called Carolina Girl for my mother. Oh, uh, yeah. Pretty close close to a country song. Um, uh, I might do that one. Okay. What if you went it's to been, the Tonight Show? Ah. <laughs> uh, uh well i've got a song I'm, i've got some songs i'm working on right now that are um oh good salesman let us know it's coming we want to buy it. It, it well here's the thing as you as anybody who knows me for more than five minutes will know i have many ideas and i'm great at starting things my problem is actually finishing them so um i've been working on an album for different members of my family for probably five years now and it's just um I missed the, our, our, our 20th anniversary. My wife and I was this past April. So um, I missed the deadline to get it out by then, but I'm hoping by the end of this year to have another album. So the best thing okay. to do is just go to Lager.net and sign up for my newsletter. So there you go. That sounds good. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, you know, Abby and I, we're getting to our 20th anniversary in two days. So we, oh, I don't wow. think Congratulations, I that, that. man. Yeah. Happy you, you anniversary. Too. <laughs> 2002. Years. It's a long time. It's a big deal. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's well, so good. Thanks, Phil, for taking time here. I saw it'd be fun. And and um, look, yeah. as, you know, as you get things going, um, like I would be glad to have you back more than once a year, you know, to, to talk through some different things. And even as you respond to some of yeah. things that I'm talking about, some things, a couple of news, or if you have something to share, I think, I think the people who are my audience, they're mm-hmm. your fans for sure. I think a good chunk of them, I would love Good. You know, to keep on connecting me to them if I can. Yeah, good. Yeah, I'm happy to be on and talk about anything. And and don't forget to send me, I don't know, you need to do a plug for your thing you got coming out on Jude because I asked you to send me an email about it and you haven't sent me an email yet. So. Oh man, you got me. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, here it's coming. And I, I didn't even remind you to do that. That's Thanks for saying that. Um, yeah, so I've presented this material on Jude five times now. And I've refined it and I've found that this idea, the kind of the context of Jude is in verse four, it says a group of people have secretly slipped in. Those are the, that's a translation from the NIV who are leading the people towards antinomianism. Like it's living as if God's grace is just a license to do whatever they want. And mm-hmm. he calls them to contend for the faith. And then he goes on to say, contend for the faith once for all delivered to the saints. I mean, this is like a, a message toward this same thing that I'm trying to talk about in our, in throughout this podcast, the great consensual tr- tradition of the church, what has been handed down. Like that's our task is to contend, to yeah. fight for that faith. And what I found in Jude, there's all kinds of crazy little stories in there that are from the ap- apocrypha, from extra non-canonical text. And they seem absolutely bananas to our ears. Like if you read through Jude, it's like, what is going on in this crazy little letter, 25 verses. But if you get just a little bit behind what those stories are and how it fits into Jude's argument, I think it speaks incredibly powerfully to our time, particularly Mm. the sexual revolution, because most of those situations are dealing with people who are tempted to move away from God's design for sexuality. And so I found it to be really powerful, uh, kind of like a foundation from which I can speak into the current cultural situation. So this is my next step in the podcast is like, okay, I have this audience. I want to serve them better. I can keep on putting out a weekly podcast or I, I have some people like one of my sponsors, Bill Roberts. Do you know, Bill? I don't think so. He's uh, in the East and the 
Detroit area. Uh, okay. His parents were Salvation Army officers. And um, so he, he, he came to me and said, look, I, I mean, our small group could use a, a Bible study. Anything you could put together, maybe, I mean, I could help you if you need anything to make it happen. And so that was, I'm like, wow, well, that's a great idea. Like I, that would help me think of using my time. But then I thought, oh, I could do Jude. And then I've Graham, actually I took Graham Cochran's course on making courses. And so I figured out a way that I can package this together. So it'll be a resource for people. And then I have some extra bonus material, um, holiness and Jude, um, Genesis mm -hmm. six, one through four, it's a crazy passage too that Jude mm -hmm. quotes, but then now I say crazy, it's hard to understand. And I try to break it down eternal right. security in Jude, um, all kinds of extra preaching Jude, different bonus things on top of the Bible study. But the idea is people should be able to use it in a small group or a Sunday school class, or just for their own, um, for their own Bible study themselves. So yeah. it's very simple, but in, in that it's presentation, I don't have like a video crew doing it. It's like me in this chair working through the material, but I think it's something that uh, will give me opportunity to offer something to my audience that they might be looking for and to, for me not to have to spend a weekend away from my family to do it. Yeah, I love it. It's awesome, man. This is coming out in July. Thank you for asking. Yeah, cool. Yeah, awesome, man. Anything else you want to talk about? or um, um, Point I, people in? Lager.net, uh, right? Lager.net. And uh, yeah, sign up for my newsletter. That's what I'm finding lately is that people really do. Um, you can only reach so social media. You can reach so many people. But if you have people that subscribe to your, you know, you can actually, you, you get a direct a direct line to them. So yes. Yeah. AndyMillerThird.com too. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I'm at it. Thanks so much, Phil. It's great to have you on. Thanks, man. It's good to be here. Always good to have you. Always good to have you. Always good to be on your podcast. Thanks. Greetings. Uh, this is Chris Borowitz. I am a Salvation Army officer currently serving in Leesburg, Florida. It's basically Central Florida, right outside Orlando. And I am excited just to see the one-year anniversary of the More to the Story podcast with my good friend Andy Miller. And I know for myself, I have just been so blessed and encouraged by the, the YouTube channel, the podcast. And over the last year or so, I have just uh, learned a lot, been introduced to a lot of different thinkers and authors and uh, pastors and so many different people. And I think if there's one thing in particular that has uh, interested me over the last year is being introduced to a, a variety, a whole bunch of different topics, a whole bunch of different uh conversations around so many different things regarding just church leadership and theology and philosophy and culture and society and different schools of uh, academic thought and study and this and that and i have just learned so much and i've just been so blessed um, i think if there's one interview in particular that uh, has stood out to me it would probably have to be the interview that andy did with dr frank turek i know for myself when i became a christian and i got saved and i started following jesus I got really uh, interested in apologetics and, and different uh, apologists that were out there. And I stumbled upon uh, Frank Turek's work and just started reading and listening to a lot of his stuff. And I've been following him over, you know, over the last decade or, show, or, or so, and just um, have always been fascinated by his work and, and how much it's helped me in my own life and in my own ministry and whatnot. And so when I found out that uh, Andy was interviewing Dr. Turek, it was kind of cool for me to see uh, someone that I had looked up to and kind of watched and studied and watched their ministry over the last 10, 11 years and to see them talking to my, my friend, uh, that was that was just really cool. It hit, it hit home for me. But um, besides that, I'd just like to say I'm very appreciative of the ministry that Andy is doing with the YouTube channel. And I certainly know it's helped me be uh, a better thinker and I hope a more faithful follower of Jesus. And so I look forward to what the future has for your ministry and pray God's uh, richest blessings over you. Hi, I'm James Fogel. I'm a Nazarene pastor in Alabama. I've been watching Andy Miller's podcast for almost a year and it's really amazing. Let me give you three reasons why I think so. One, the topics are very relevant to the current Wesleyan holiness tradition. Number two, guests that he interviews have really substantive positive contributions for the holiness movement today. And third, I'd say Andrew covers each topic with a sufficient level of depth to be well worth my time to listen. I plan to keep listening. I hope you do too. Hi, we are Lieutenants Robert and Kristen Corston. We are Salvation Army officers in Midland, Texas. Mm -hmm. And we are 
More to the story podcast fans, yes, super fans. Yeah, we're super fans. We have really enjoyed the podcast for quite a few reasons. One of the most important ones being giving us, you know, those challenging things and resources to dig into deeper um, for our personal development, spiritual growth, and also so we can share, you know, with our people, with our ministry. Um, a couple of episodes that really have impacted us one of course the podcast that was probably very um challenging and inspiring talking about the salvation army's future you know what's going to happen what are some issues things we need to be aware of what kind of you know mindset do we need to have going into the next few years another one that was really impactful was um the one where you had a conversation mm-hmm. with a progressive Christian. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, that's Those are my Chick-fil-a. favorite kind because I feel like a lot of podcasts, it's just a bunch of people getting yes men that agree with them mm-hmm. on and they just they just all agree with each other. And I like the time when you can kind of debate uh, yeah. and love mm-hmm. and uh, speak truth. Yep, and thinking through those see, issues out loud. Yeah, with See each what other. both sides agree or how they even came to that. Yep. Um, also loved the episode with Katie Faust, learned a lot from her, um, then before us, being child advocates. I mean, that's really important to me personally and, you know, in our ministry and as we are a family, you know, just thinking through how can we best advocate for those who need it the most, who don't have, maybe don't have anybody else. Um, so yeah, we can't wait to see what's coming next. We're excited. Love the podcast. Um, love Andy's heart. Yeah, we're grateful to be along for the ride. Stay true.